Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Get to the Point. I am Joe DeLeon here with the all-worldly talented Sean Anderson. Mm, and yellow Joe. Oh, I thought we agreed that you were only going to do that. Every week. Ugh, count on right. it every week. You and listeners, you count did, on it. You did get away from that for a brief period of time, but I mean, we're, we're not going to get into it because we have such a packed episode of information. Literally, as we were setting up and getting ready to record, we keep getting hit with more and more trade information that is coming in because, as many of you might know, the trade deadline is 4 o'clock today. Is that correct, Sean? 4 o'clock, yes. 4 o'clock today is the trade deadline and what that means is there's going to be a couple more moves that end up happening. And I, I'm going to tell you folks right now, there's going to be some unscripted stuff that might have to happen here. We're probably going to have to talk a little bit as some moves might end up happening towards the end of the show. But the first move that happened today was wide receiver Demarius Thomas from the Denver Broncos was traded to the Houston Texans for a fourth-round pick and then a swapping of seventh-round picks and that deal really opened up the door for some other moves that are going to happen later today with the wide receiver market. But going on that trade, though, do you think that the Demarius Thomas is the deciding factor that the Texans needed for them to take the next step and finally win out the AFC South? No, but it will keep them in contention. Really? Okay. Well, I, I agree with the contention part, but I do think, though, that they – their biggest need was not the receiver position. Losing Will Fuller made it all the more apparent that they needed some receiver help. I think that DeAndre Hopkins is going to have way less pressure on him. Demarius Thomas, I think this isn't really a situation where you go, oh my God, he's going to do so well. But I think that it's more so in favor of DeAndre Hopkins in this situation. I agree. I just think that their running back uh, situation needs to be addressed before the wide receiver situation, barring the Will Fuller inter- injury. But since Will Fuller got injured, I understand why they went out, got Demarius Thomas, very good grab for the Texans, excited to see what they can do with him. Yeah, the only issue with the running back situation is there's only two guys that they can really go after, and that being LaShawn McCoy and Le'Veon Bell, and there's been pretty some, some pretty clear indications from some sources that say that they're not going to end up getting moved because, one, the Steelers would like to keep Le'Veon Bell, and also I don't think he signed his franchise tender, so he's legally not able to be moved, and then LaShawn McCoy – is reportedly intended to be a part of the 2019 plans for the Buffalo Bills. Other move, though, that just happened as of right now, Golden Tate, another wide receiver from the Detroit Lions, was moved to the Philadelphia Eagles, the former defending world champions. Now, I'm going to ask you literally the same exact question. This this was an already wide receiver-heavy team. Do you think them adding Golden Tate was what they needed to take the next step and get back on track in order to win the NFC East. I think Golden Tate is incredibly undervalued in the NFL, but he will stay undervalued in Philadelphia. I think that his trade is going to be less impactful than Demarius Thomas to Houston. Yeah, I I agree with that. I think Golden Tate, though, is that type of guy that can take over a game receiving the ball. Um, I, I think he's get. You think he would fit more though as their third receiver or their second receiver? Move Aguilar more to the slot. I think. I think they should put Jeffrey and Tate on the outside. Aguilar yeah. in the slot. I mean, they can do anything with Aguilar though. Yeah. It, it just mean, gives them more flexibility on offense. Tate has played the last two years as the number one wide receiver in Detroit, but he's also built as a slot receiver. He's he has played that role before in his career, most notably when. Um, when Calvin Johnson was there and he was there for a brief period of time at the same time as him and also Mohamed Sanu 
They're not Mohamed Sanu. Marvin Jones, my apologies. Came, both came from the Bengals. But when Marvin Jones was there um, and was more dominant, he was also more playing in a slot role for that team. But that is not the only news that we're coming in here with, Sean. What else do we have? Because yesterday, oh. the most mind-blowing thing happened in oh. which... Oh, what did you think? Oh, you thought I had like something breaking that happened? Well, it's not that mind-blowing if you really think about it. Uh, okay, well, it, what I am prefacing here, though, is that the Cleveland Browns have fired head coach Hugh Jackson and offensive coordinator Todd Haley after three seasons for Hugh Jackson and just one season for – actually, not even a season, a half of a season for Todd Haley. Hugh Jackson had a .088 winning percentage in three seasons – Greg Williams will take over as the interim head coach. But, Sean, did you know this is actually a very interesting number? A PFT commentator uh, apparently hinted at this before Hugh Jackson was even fired, that he was going to get fired because the last three Browns coaches that were fired were fired after losing the second time in the season to the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's the third coach in a row. No, I didn't know that statistic. I mean, it's, it's Jackson needed to leave, though. Haley, really? I don't think Haley needed to leave. I think Haley's a, a good offensive coordinator. He's a good and, offensive coordinator, but they've struggled, struggled mightily. Yeah, they have struggled. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Let's make that a word, folks. <laughs> Hashtag struggle. Yeah, their, their struggles <laughs> mostly came. Uh, I think they. It, I think the struggles did come from top to, top to bottom with Jackson. I sorry, very random. I, I think I thought of, I'm thinking of another one of those dumb ideas that work out. Maybe we could have a a segment called struggles. You just want Strugs. I yeah. <laughs> All right, but we're, well, we're not I, gonna well, get into that. But keep going. We, we could saying. put Strugs on Thursday. We could do Strugs on Thursday, but keep going with what you were saying. Oh, I was just saying. I think uh, I did see a clip from uh, Jeff Schwartz. I follow him on Twitter. Uh, former NFL lineman. He's also an uh, SB Nation uh, re- analyst. Yeah, we. Uh, I, I DM'd him and he never responded. So that, <laughs> that's cool. I sent him like a really like deep emotional like. Uh, your inspiration. We want you to have you on the show. We'd love to have you. Really, really? like, really deep. Like, just you know, just singing his praises. Didn't get a response. Or to be fair, he probably doesn't follow you back. And I don't it know. You th- don't get notifications for a, a message request. It was for the show Twitter, I think. Yeah, oh, but no, he no, doesn't or, follow us back. Yeah, he doesn't follow me back on my personal either. Yeah, so like they don't see those messages unless they actually go clicking for him. Still. Still, I, I'm not. I'm not holding it against him though. I I think he's uh, a good analyst. Uh, I I think he's uh, reliable, and he posted this video of the Hard Knocks episode where Jackson and his staff were meeting, and Todd Haley was saying we need to push these guys harder. We need to get rid of this climate in Cleveland where they just don't do anything. You know, they don't win. And then Hugh Jackson was uh, sitting there responding to them, uh, talking like he was scared of a strike on the team. And he was shooting down all the coaches, or Haley specifically's message about uh, how to reform the team. And then it, it was just eye-opening to see how he interacted with those coaches. Yeah, and I, I remember actually one instance in Hard Knocks where Hugh Jackson was talking to a player. I forget who it was. It might have been Michael Kendricks, I think. And Kendricks was, was telling him what he needed to do in order to get the guys motivated and it was basically just pointing out flaws on tape and things that could be do- done better, like as far as giving effort. And then the next cut scene was him doing that. And like I feel like if you're not doing that in the first place, pointing out guys that have poor effort, like you're, I feel like that's a, a major coaching flaw if you don't do that on a daily basis. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. Effort is the the number one 
thing you need to win a game. Yeah, you, you shouldn't need a player, a veteran player, to tell you that. I, I'm not surprised that Hugh Jackson got fired. I'm just not content with the way that they've done it. Mm. I know that they've done very, very poor. I understand that. But firing another guy after three seasons when he's trying to build a regime, like, come on. You don't think that we're they're now on track? Guy to, in there. Uh, you got to get someone else in there. It's going to be interesting to see who they hire, but do you know about Greg Williams? Do you know who he is specifically? Yes, I know who Greg Williams is. Do you know what he was related to? What issue a few years back that he was related to? Oh no, Joe, I, I, I'm a, I'm a big dummy that's been living under a rock. Okay, yes, well, I know so what he, for despite yes. Sean's sarcasm, <laughs> which I actually finally picked up on, but despite Sean's sarcasm, if you don't know, folks, Greg Williams was the defensive coordinator that was heading. Um, Bounty Gate, he was basically the one responsible for it, and now here he is again coaching as a head coach of a team, essentially, at this point in time because he's the interim head coach. He's actually a very brilliant defensive mind. It just just so happens he did some stupid stuff when he was with the Saints. You think he's the only coach ever to do that? Oh, no. He's just the only one that's gotten caught. Okay. That's the only matter of fact. I'm not defending the guy. I'm just saying. No, no. You know. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. So we're still waiting on to see if there's any really any major trade news that ends up popping up. <laughs> but we have a ton of other stuff that we want to talk about. Because if you didn't notice, we finished week eight. We're going into week nine. We're in that gap of period of time in which we've hit the midseason mark. So that means we're going to be picking some midseason awards. First up, and the most obvious one that we're going to be picking, MVP. Sean, who is your midseason MVP? Todd Gurley. And why did you pick Todd Gurley? Why wouldn't you pick Todd Gurley? Don't answer my question with a question. Why shouldn't I do that? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, was about no. to you, I was about to turn, the th- turn this thing off. We would have submitted a 10-minute right. podcast. <laughs> yeah, here, here, here's two trades and something about the Browns. Enjoy it, people. Might have gotten some actual DMs about that one. Just <laughs> kidding. Uh, Todd Gurley has just been so explosive this year, and I was someone that didn't fully buy into him last year. And I watched him. I was really impressed when he was playing the Cowboys last year. I'm like, oh, this guy's actually really good. But I don't know if he's the best running back in the league. I don't know if he's the best player in the league, which is, which is what people were saying. This year, I'm convinced he is the best player in this league. Do you think he's better than Le'Veon Bell? Yep. Didn't I didn't I didn't I pick Todd Gurley to be the the top running back? And you picked Le'Veon Bell and you laughed at me? Who can recall? Who can recall? I want to go back and listen to that. <laughs> if anyone and if any of you folks remember that specifically, please comment anything. I would like to <laughs> I would like to point this out to Sean because I I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that I ended up picking that. Okay, you done with your little swimming like me? Yes. Who's, who's your who's your guy? Well, it's somebody that I don't think either one of us would have picked. And that's Patrick Mahomes, quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs, who has lit up the league and has been the poster child recently in his second year, 2,526 passing yards, 26 touchdowns. And while a lot of people like to say, oh, it's a matter of scheme, he's going to be like Alex Smith, they're going to fall off, a lot of the things that he has done have been pretty spectacular. Um I don't know if if you watch Brett Coleman on YouTube. He has some pretty insightful stuff, some of the video breakdowns and film analysis he does. But he basically had pointed out, and I watched it, that 
Patrick Mahomes has done some incredible things with his decision making. And also, one thing that he has that that is we really haven't seen from any other quarterbacks at this point in time is his arm strength is incredible. And not just for the sense that he gets the ball down the field quickly, but the ball gets out of his hand and into the hands of his receiver quicker than really any other quarterback that I'm seeing at this point in time. And I think that's really what's differentiated him, and he's led the way for the Kansas City Chiefs to be one of the best teams in the league. He has 26 touchdowns already? He's 26 touchdowns. Oh, my God. So he's on pace for 52? Yeah, but realistically, guys got tend to slow down, but he's probably going to hit over 40 if we want to be realistic. I don't think Todd Gurley's going to slow down. I think Todd Gurley's going to get over 25 touchdowns. Really? I think he will. Wait, he, how many does he have right now? He's got 15 touchdowns. Yes. So if he has some crazy spurt, I believe – oh, no, that's a record That's a record for rushing touchdowns. I was thinking a little Danian Tomlinson has 32. I don't know what the record for total touchdowns is for a non-quarterback. I thought I'm it was curious. 31. I thought it was. It Tomlinson. might be 31. Tomlinson – you know, actually, that might be total touchdowns. I would check on that, but I don't. Sure. I don't yeah, want to waste I, I, any yeah, time checking right, on that. No clue. But th- he might be on pace to break <laughs> some records, which would be incredible. So, besides our MVP, who has been your defensive player of the year? It's irritating, to say the least. Okay, that we don't have the same defensive player of the year. I okay. I was playing a little dev- devil's advocate. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. It's a good radio bit. Okay, I got gotcha. you. I, I but see I'm gonna, the, I see I'm gonna the explain though why I did end up choosing this guy. I understand. Go ahead. I understand. But Aaron Donald is the clear defensive player of the year. Ten sacks through eight games. That's all you need to know. Complete force up the middle. Spur spearheaded. This Los Angeles Los Angeles Rams defense to eight wins. You can't just do it all on offense, right, Joe? No, no. He has been the consistent leader and presence on this Rams team, specifically the defense that they needed to get these eight wins. Yeah, and he's also averaging over a sack a game, which is a pretty remarkable stat as well. And your guy is? My guy was J.J. Watt. He And honestly, he could have been my comeback player of the year, but J.J. Watt coming off of a leg injury, eight sacks on the season, and he's helped revitalize a defense that started very slow and now has progressed its way into becoming one of the top in the league. J.J. Watt, though, he's always been that kind of guy that can take over a game, and we're starting to see it again now. We didn't see it until week three against the Giants when he had three sacks, but he has still proven that he is the same dominant force, and I think he has the potential to finish with more sacks than Aaron Donald will. Okay. I mean, I didn't know if this was a predictive no, I don't think it's a predictive, segment. but I also think it's it at this point in time. I think he's done a lot for that for that defense because okay. they they are missing some key assets. It's your pick. That's fine by me. All right, fine with it. Now, offensive player of the year. Who is who do you have at this mid mid season point in time? Now, this one, I could have gone with the, uh, a little more statistical. I could have gone uh, win based. I could have done uh, a QB, but the QB is. Uh, for these awards is kind of overplayed, in my opinion. So I just kind of went fair. with my gut call of who I've seen as, like, this guy is just a phenomenal offensive player, and that's Kareem Hunt, running back for the Chiefs. The last two weeks, I've just had my mind absolutely blown by what he's done on the football field. Just the plays that he can make, and it's just pure instincts for him on the field. It's spectacular to watch. I he, don't disagree. He's made some pretty quick moves. I mean, realistically, I mean, your, your pick – 
uh, probably would win it, but my gut feeling of when I see this guy play is this is the offense player of the year. So my guy ended up picking Todd Gurley, and the reason why I picked him, though, was that I'm basing this a little bit more on statistics and overall impact. MVP is just overall impact and how they've changed the team, but Todd Gurley right now, his numbers, which we prefaced a little bit before, 1,100 rushing, or sorry, total yards at this point in the season in 15 total touchdowns. He's on pace for 2,000 yards from scrimmage and 30 touchdowns. That's unheard of in the past few years. We haven't had a guy really striking there besides Le'Veon Bell. And the fact that he's doing that at this point in time and what he's able to do to help his team, I think is just remarkable, and he's clearly the best offensive player in the NFL. Okay. And now for our listeners, we're going to keep this moving along. For our listeners, I'd like you to pause the podcast Send us a DM. Just who do you think Joe has for his rookie of the year? He's a Giants <laughs> fan. Yes. If you just, guess, just take if you a guess, guess right and you didn't pause, we 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 know. I mean, we'll give you we'll give you a, a shout out if you can guess. We'll give you a free sticker. We'll be given. We don't. We'll we, be given dozens of shout outs because yeah. this is probably the easiest. Well, one. no, I'll make up stickers though, and I'll send you a sticker. <laughs> Seriously, I'm 100 percent serious. I've been wanting to make stickers for so long. Well, if they win one more game, then you'll do podcast shirtless for a month. Ooh, I don't know you if you forgot right. about that. You are right. And their their next game, I think they play the 49ers. Mm. So, so yeah, let's just get – I wanted to keep it moving. We just spent yeah. another two minutes just my, dally-dallying. My rookie of the year is Saquon Barkley for obvious reasons. He's been taken out of games, and it's not because of him. It's because of the play calling, and they, they're not committing to getting him over 25 touches a game. But if you look at his numbers and what he's on pace for, it's mind-boggling that he's a rookie. He has 1,016 total yards. That is putting him on pace for 2,000 scrimmage yards, which I don't believe we've had a rookie do that in a very long time or at all. 58 receptions. Christian McCaffrey had 80 last year, and that was considered a remarkable number. 58. If he goes over 100... That is some elite stuff you have coming from a running back. And then seven touchdowns, decent number, on pace for 14, which would be a good year in my book. If I'm looking at any other rookie, there's been some pretty crazy guys that have played very well, but you can't take out Saquon. Let's be real. That's fine. Okay. Okay. My guy's Quentin Nelson. Good. Good. (sighs) This is painful. Good. Quentin Nelson has been stellar this year. He had a, f- a rough couple of the first weeks. But as I frequent uh, Brian Baldinger's uh, Twitter videos and, and his breakdowns at Baldy Breakdowns, he highlights how well Quentin Nelson has done the last few weeks, and it is shown in the win column for the Colts and uh, in the, uh, the stats for Marlon Mack, their running back. I think he's been doing a phenomenal job with the Colts. I think he has picked up a lot of blocks. I mean, he's going against NFL guys right out of college. It's He's picked it up. He doesn't look like he's missed a beat. He, he looks awesome. I, he's my rookie of the year. He's uh, helping transform an offensive line. Yeah, it's good to see that he's finally gotten back on track because he really wasn't a name that was talking talked about in the first few weeks, and he, now he's in that conversation. Would be interesting to see if we had an offensive lineman win that award 
because a previous Notre Dame offensive lineman, Zach Martin, was considered to be the rookie of the year, but obviously didn't win it because he was an offensive lineman. But coach of the year, and this is an interesting one, and I'm questioning your decision here, but who is your coach of the year? My coach of the year, and it, this strictly comes from a, uh, <laughs> it strictly comes from uh, a tweet that I saw from one of the broadcasters at 98.5, the Boston Sports Hub, where he said uh, his theory about the uh, recent Josh Gordon news. Did you see this? Yes, you sent it to me. Yeah, he said, uh, you know, I mean, I'm not even going to pull it up. I know it by heart. He said, Belichick has uh, sent out different reports about Josh Gordon to see who the mole is that would leak the information in the NFL network and, and determine who the rat is by the story that they sent. This is not confirmed. It's just a theory. But it got me thinking, that's probably possible. Oh, it This guy is. is coach of the year on a team that is, I what do you want to say, above average? One it's a, the, it's a, I'll one admit the, it's an average One team. of the more lackluster Patriots teams that has taken the field. And I don't know why it's so intriguing for me, this topic of this theory, that this is the stuff that he would do to make sure the inter- internal wellness of this organization is protected. I think he's the coach of the year. I think he's the coach of the lifetime. Did Josh Gordon end up sitting the first quarter? I think so, yeah. I wonder what it, what the actual reason was in that sense, if if this is true, if this theory is true. But I would believe it. Bill Belichick's a <laughs> lunatic, and he would probably do something like this. How sick is that? You think, it's lun- you think that's lunacy? I think it's lunacy, but it's also brilliant. It's awesome. But what <laughs> you have to be some type of a lunatic to think at that level. Just be like, who's the rat? Just We're going <laughs> to find him. We're going to find you. Who's the mega, who's the mega snitch? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're going to get a report that somebody was fired in like two weeks' time. Because he doesn't want it to be, you know, known that it happened at the moment. Right. But my coach of the year, and we already talked about the Texans a little bit, is Bill O'Brien. They started 0-3. People were calling for his head. He was on the hot seat, and people were saying, and analysts and fans were saying, this guy needs to be fired. This team is so talented. How are they not winning? And frankly, they have some major holes, especially their offensive line, and he has turned it around won five straight games. I don't even think there's really that many teams that have made the playoffs after starting 0-3 because the number for 0-2 is very low. It's like 17%. So I'm sure the 0-3 one's even smaller. If they make the playoffs, he is my pick for Coach of the Year. But at this point in time, that turnaround has inspired me to pick him for the midseason Coach of the Year. I, You got me juiced up. That was the goal. Yeah, That was the goal. Thanks, man. All right. Comeback player of the year. Comeback player of the year. Comeback player of the year. This is your boy. This is my boy. This and is I'll, your boy. I'll profess my love to him later on in the show. But my comeback, yeah. <laughs> my comeback player of the year uh, is Adrian Peterson. 587 rushing yards, four rushing touchdowns, 151 receiving yards, one receiving touchdown. And that's all you really need to know. After an abysmal year last year with the Saints and the Cardinals, and it was a show, and can he play anymore? Does he have any juice left in the tank? Yes, he does. Awesome. It's it, it's my favorite. I can watch Redskins football again and just be glued to the screen because I just want to see this guy play. I love it. He's my comeback player of the year. I'm just going to say that should deserve a homer call. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, it is a homer call, but That's all I'm Adrian say. Peterson is also my favorite running back of all time. 
Oh yeah, without a doubt. I think it's I think most of ours because we watched him in in his current era for a majority of his career. However, oh, my guy, up. my comeback player of the year. Not a chance. What do you mean not a chance? Uh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Andrew okay. Luck hasn't played since 2016, and oh, he oh. stopped playing at the very end. Or starting the very middle of the season in 2016, so he's missed over a season in time. Okay. He, albeit the Colts are not doing great, they're three and five, if I'm correct, or or are they? They're not four and four. I think they're. Th- I think they're three and five. I'll double check that. But he has 2,187 passing yards, 23 touchdowns, and a 96.2 passer rating. Those are awesome numbers for a guy who who many were saying he can't throw a football anymore. At the beginning of the season, there were reports that said he could barely throw a football, and he has proven everybody wrong. In addition to that, I, I, I did a little bit more digging. He has the, the, the most touchdowns he has thrown in his career was 40. And the most passing touchdown or passing yards he's thrown was in the 4,000 range. So he's on pace to potentially break both of those. If he did that, though, that's pretty miraculous to come back from the level of an injury that he was dealing with. If he does that, I'll concede it to you. But Adrian Peterson is on pace to eclipse like thirteen hundred yards rushing. Yeah, but I, yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Can you imagine the old horse getting thirteen hundred yards for one final season? That would be crazy. Now, is it? It's time, right? It's time for Sean and I's favorite segment: fat stats. Fat stats. Fat stats. But we're gonna do things a little bit different differently today because we're at the midseason. We want to make this very focused on the fact that we're at the midseason point. Oh, okay. And for that reason, we're talking about fat stats for the whole first half of the year. So little, up until week eight. A little twist. Yeah, a little bit of twist. We're throwing you a changeup, folks. Throwing you a changeup. Where is it cutting to? It's a little bit of a curveball. But my fat stat at this point in time, fat stat is Darius Leonard. He is an FCS rookie. Give us the little FCS clap. FCS rookie from South Carolina State. Love it. Leading. He is leading as a rookie. The NFL with 88 tackles. For anyone who doesn't know, Darius Leonard is a linebacker for the Colts. He also has four sacks and three forced fumbles. Those are some pretty crazy stats for a guy that played lower-level football, which many people say is is. Basically, Division Two football. Some draft analysts are idiots, and they say that. And this guy's out here balling hard. That's all I have to say. It's a great fat stat. Excellent. Not fatter than my stat, though. I was hoping you picked this one. I'm, I'm very happy you did. This is almost on pace to be the fattest stat ever. At his position. At his position. Adam Thielen. 74 receptions. 925 receiving yards and six touchdowns through eight games. You know, that's a pretty great stat line alone. But the fattest stat of all this, and I know you've seen this, everyone's seen it, we've all been keeping track all year. Eight straight games with 100-plus yards receiving. If he gets 100-plus yards next week, he will break Calvin Johnson's record for most consecutive games with 100 yards. That's just the fattest stat you can pull. Was the year that Calvin Johnson did that, was that the year that he broke the Jerry Rice's single-season receiving record? I think it might have been. It might have been. 
I can't remember. I, 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 I yeah. I, I think it must have been though. If we're because if, if don't quote us on that though, dude, please don't quote us. Don't quote us on that. Gosh, it's great to see though. Uh, what many consider to be a below average less than, athlete, less than an FCS product. Yeah, Division two product, below average athlete. Is that a clap though? It's it's more claps. I, yeah, I, it's a clap. But I was trying to go for the gimmick of clapping after the FCS guys. Just you you like, just want it to be FCS claps. Yeah, because like okay. you know we're FCS guys, so, right, so we can we can okay. give a little clap. To right, so what about D two? What, what what should we do for them? Snaps? No, just it'll be like a good job, bud. We're going D two snaps. Okay, fine. D two snaps. <laughs> I don't know. I just I think that's crazy though that somebody that's considered to be a below average white boy who doesn't run great routes, and he and he's basically dominating the receiving game. He's well ahead of a lot of other people in receiving. He's arts. awesome. Awesome. Everyone loves to see it. He's everybody's underdog story I'm this year. I'm here for it. I'll hear for it. Sean, we have another segment that we're going to do. We're just going right back-to-back segments. Right back-to-back segments. And it's another segment I'm sure you guys might be able to guess what it is. It's Upside Downside. But we have another twist on this week's segment. Big twist day. The upside is based on the first eight weeks of the season. And again, we wanted to keep everything based on, on mid-season way. Who is your midseason upside? I actually want you to start because I, I need to prepare myself for my upside. Okay. Mine, and it goes along with my coach of the year pick, is the Houston Texans. I counted them out. Me personally, I said some things about Deshaun Watson that I didn't think he was very good, and he's proven me wrong to an extent. He still has struggled at times, but him and this whole team has made an incredible comeback. They're leading the AFC South. They're leading it 5-3. and three. That's a pretty good record at this point in time. I think they realistically can finish 11-5 and five on the end of the year. But after starting at 0-3, that is just an amazing storyline to follow. Makes me really giddy. Makes me happy to see a team turn around like that. Gives any fan hope at any point in the year. Thank you, Joe. You're welcome. I'm inspired. Now, this is not an upside to inspire you. This is just for you to get a glimpse in my passion for this player. Adrian Peterson is my midseason upside. Ever since he came out of college, he was just a fantastic talent. We all loved him, and we all thought he was Superman because he tore his ACL twice, recovered twice, was dominant coming back twice. He was just a freak of nature, 2% body fat, a beast. Bald ever since he came in the league. Grown man since 16. Awesome. Awesome guy. Stand-up guy. You know, lost a, lost a kid. S- super tragic. Uh, got caught up hitting his kid with a switch. Okay, that didn't phase me at all. Always, I've always <laughs> been team Adrian Peterson. <laughs> okay. Always been wanna, team not, AP. Yeah. <laughs> ever since day one. And I was always super jealous of Minnesota Vikings fans because there were kids in my elementary school that were actually Minnesota Vikings fans because of Adrian Peterson. I was super jealous. And I was jealous of the Saints fans last year because they got to have him. I was jealous of Cardinals fans last year because they got to have him. And he's finally on the skins. And skins aren't even my number one team. But I see the culture that he's created and helped reform for Washington where it was just Chris Thompson was everyone's favorite last year. And now you have Chris Thompson and Adrian Peterson. And you have this guy that's transcendent among the sport that you can root for and is not just torching you for 200 yards like he did every year against the Skins. It's just fantastic. It's made me enjoy football so much more this year to watch him run the rock again. Wonderful story there, Sean. Thanks, Joe. And 
My downside, though, let's hear this at this point in time, is the, gears. Com- is the complete reverse of the Texans. Same exact <laughs> division, same division, AFC South. The Jacksonville Jaguars started three and zero. Everyone was calling for their Super Bowl. Now they're three and five, and they have a top five pick. And Blake Bortles, who I was talking up to an incredible extent, has embarrassed me and looked like a pile of crap throwing the football. But they have fallen off so much for a team that has so much defensive potential and has just had no luck. Cam Robinson, their best lineman, is hurt. Leonard Fournette has not been able to stay in the field. And because of that, Blake Bortles has suffered tremendously. Now they are probably going to finish with a top 10 pick. You hate to see it. I wish they could do better. My downside, and yeah, it's tragic what's going on in Jacksonville. And when we get a webcam, I would like to record you because sometimes uh, you take a little offense when I say you're just yelling, waving your arms up in the air. Yeah. But that entire rant, you had your arms up in the air (laughs) over your head. (laughs) It was a a spectacle to see, folks. My downside of the year, uh, midway point, Jameis Winston, what are you doing, dude? You have been outclassed outplayed by Ryan Fitzpatrick. That old man is starting over you next week because you've thrown six touchdowns, 10, 10, 10 interceptions, only 1,100 yards, and you've had a 74.7 passer rating through four games. It is abysmal what you are doing to the talent that Tampa Bay has. They actually have talent this year. They have potential, and you are just shooting them in the foot. You're disappointing. I, I don't know what to tell. I don't know. It's just uh, frustrating to see. And I don't like the Bucks. They're in, in, in uh, uh, what's the word? Not conference. Division. 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 In division. Jeez. A lot of headshots today in practice. Sorry, folks. You can do it. I'm not rooting for him, but it's just frustrating to see him do so poorly. And to see him get his job back after Ryan Fitzpatrick fizzled out after two games, good call. Get to the point. <laughs> <laughs> nice comment. There. Yeah, that was that was me. I believe that commented that he would keep playing. Winston is terrible. It's it's terrible, and he's going to go somewhere else. You hate to see it, but one thing we don't hate to see is our weekly competition of who you got. And Sean, give us the numbers. I I I still question these. I have the whole document. I still document. question these. Weekly averages. You both did very well. Seventy-one percent for you, Joe. Seventy-nine percent for me. I feel like you you didn't lie. Them nope. Nope. I re-listened to every. Wait, episode. I'm just making sure. I am just making sure. I realized we accidentally cut out when I said Patriots. I counted you as the Patriots. You counted me as the Patriots. Yes. Okay. Yes. Good. Good. Season averages. This is BS. For my loyal Sean fans, you don't I have you, unwavered. You don't have I any made fans. the claim you, in week four that I took the lead, and I have kept have it ever since. No fans. Don't act like Thank you, you for sticking with me. No. Because I am shooting 59% over the season. I bet your dad roots for me. Joe is <laughs> Joe's sitting at 53%, and I'm rounding up for you, buddy. I'm I'm gonna make this comeback. I'm Go gonna ahead. make, make th- this comeback this week. I will not waver. I promise I'm making a comeback this week because now we're gonna hit these picks. 
and we're gonna hit them hard. We're gonna hit these picks hard. The every first week. game is week. is arguably the game of the week. It is a gonna be a tight game. It's gonna be a barn burner. Everyone is basically chomping at the bit to watch this game. You got the one and six Raiders taking on the one and seven San Francisco 49ers. The battle for the first overall pick. Go oh my God. going on on Thursday night football, viewable on Fox, NFL Network, and Prime Video, and also Twitch, if I'm correct. Who do you have? Raiders me, or 49ers? Don't make me pick this game. <laughs> 49ers. I really want to pick a tie. I'm not going to lie. Um, oh, man. this is. I'm going to go Raiders just because the 49ers couldn't even beat the Cardinals. Bears, Bills. Bears. Bears. Buccaneers, Panthers. Uh, Panthers. Panthers, Chiefs, Browns. Chiefs. Chiefs, Jets, Dolphins. Interesting. Like, I haven't picked one of these teams consistently as a winner all year, and they've just fizzled out every time. Uh, you take this first pick. I'll pick the opposite. Dolphins. Jets. <laughs> also, I'd like to point out, this is technically the first week that Sean has not picked against the Giants because they're on the bye. Even though they're probably going to find a way to lose. I'll take they the already, bye. They, yeah, they already fi- found a way to lose because Kyle Lalletta just got arrested. It was a traffic violation. But he, almost hit, no, but he almost hit a cop with his car. I don't want to get into that. That happens. What? It happens. <laughs> next next game. <laughs> I'm, I'm concerned for your, next your driving game, abilities. Next game, Joseph. Steelers-Ravens. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Steelers. Ravens. Lions-Vikings. Vi- uh, Vikings. Vikings. You struggled to get that one out there. Vikings. Nah, Vi- I, I had a hezzy. <laughs> <laughs> Are we just abbreviating all words? Vikings. Falcons, Redskins. Redskins. Oh, man, this is going to be a, like a mental Redskins. breakdown No, it's for not. You. I'm rooting for Atlanta. Oh, wow. Okay. Redskins. Um, Don't. Falcons, Texans, Broncos. Every week you pick Atlanta. Falcons, Texans, Broncos. That's going to be a huge gain hit, but Falcon, uh, Texans, Broncos. Broncos. Texans, Chargers, Seahawks. Oh, that's going to be... You know what? No. Seahawks. Chargers, Rams, Saints. Rams. mm, uh, Saints. Packers, Patriots. Hmm. Another Sunday night game. Gosh. For who? For the Patriots. Yeah, well. It's primetime, baby. It's showbiz, baby. Packers, Patriots. Don't... Are you quoting... That's annoying. That's annoying. That's an annoying. It's not like reference. I'm Stone Freeman out here going, "Let's get this bread." Yeah, let's get this bread. Yeah, hey, hey, Stone, Stone Freeman. Freeman. Hey, thanks for killing that that joke. Yeah, him, Tyler Cruz, all of them murdered that joke. Pick Beat it game. to death. Pick the game. Patriots. I'm mad. <laughs> you got any bread in here? I'm starving. I am starving. Um, <laughs> Patriots Packers. Gosh, some ciabatta or like a cheese cheese roll. Patriots or Packers. Um, Packers. Um, Patriots Titans Cowboys. Hmm. What was the game? Titans, Cowboys. It's zoned out. Cowboys. Titans. All right. So now that we're done with who you got, we have some interesting DMs Thank that you. we got. Thank you for our, sending DMs, yes, actually. We have our two most consistent people that are always there to send us DMs. Huge shout out to them for always having something for us, even if it's a little bit late. We've ha- They've always been very good about getting something out to us when we post and ask for DMs. 
Dark Roast and El Giggle. Shout out to you guys. I don't follow them on Twitter though. They, I don't recommend it. Um, we don't even follow them. But first question, I'm not even going to answer because no it's a, it's a little bit. Of, it, I I don't even know what he was referring to. Okay. But I just want to state the question. The question is, how would you explain football to a destitute victim of the Saudi-led war in Yemen? Can Can you even answer that? I don't even. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how to answer that. Walking on thin ice over here, Joe. Why? Because <laughs> I picked it's just it, I thin think. ice, man. <laughs> okay, here's the one from Dark Roast. If a gorilla knew how to line up as a tight end and run three rudimentary routes, and he gave specific ones, a seam, a post, and a stab, which team would be the first to pick him up as a free agent? Uh, Let me think. The Patriots. I was going to say that, too. Yeah, I, they hoard tight ends like nobody's business. There's always a new tight end in that organization. Now, I would I would argue that Gronk's basically a gorilla playing out there. Their IQ level just comparison. Gonna You're going to close the laptop? Put it in the bag. <laughs> I'm just saying. Just I've, another I've, joke. I've heard some people that have told me that he's actually come and spoken at like graduation ceremonies in Rhode Island, and he really struggled to get through those things. Like, not like he's a bad public speaker, because not everyone's good at public speaking, but, like, he just kept fumbling, like, could not put a sentence together that was coherent and made any sense. That's all I'm saying. That's fine, Joe. All right. That's fine. If you want to compare Gronkowski to the king of the jungle, that's okay. Yeah, I'm going to. Well, that's all we have for today. No additional trade rumors that ended up happening. This was Get to the Point. Check us out on Twitter at GTTP Podcast. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, the podcast app. Uh, Probably missing one or two there, but we're basically on any medium except for Spotify. We're trying to work on that, but make sure you subscribe to us. Tune in on Thursday as we will have another special guest. It's going to be a surprise one because we still have to, you know, figure out who we want. We're going to, we're deciding between a few people, but... Any closing remarks from yeah, you? Yeah, send us some DMs, please. Yes. Uh, those those two DMs were, um, how do you want to put it? You want to put it lightly? They were very a good. Dumpster fire. They were nice. Um, We need uh, legitimate DMs about sports, or we're just going to stop taking DMs, and we are going to stop asking for you to interact with us uh, because we want to give you a voice with this show, but if you do not want to, then you will just listen to us talk about uh, nonsense. Yeah, that sounds for about right. Last three minutes of the show we can just talk about our lives you know maybe we should if we don't get dms we should punish people and just have something really obnoxious to talk about that's fine that's fine by me we'll, fi- we'll find you something folks we'll find something <laughs> folks. if sure you want to test us you can i'm sure this is really appealing for the listeners man but thank you for tuning in that is going to be all we have for you today thank you for supporting us and stay classy folks